0: Today on the show, we're talking about children and sight loss, the signs, the symptoms, and what you can do next. This is Life After Sight Loss Radio, episode 58. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, a.k.a. visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews. We talk life advice, encouragement, emotional support, relationships, technology, and so much more. All with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Thank you so much for joining me this week. We're going to have a great time because this episode is dedicated to children and losing vision. Because a lot of times on the program we talk about adults, we talk about senior citizens, you know, we talk about teens, whatever it might be. You know, young adults, old adults, adults in general, and we talk about them losing their sight. But... Children, school-age kids, do lose their sight as well, and so today we're going to talk about the effects of sight loss on a kid, the the signs, the symptoms, and what you can do if you feel like your child is losing their sight. Now, I've talked before about how it affects the parents of you know sight loss, you know how it affects the parents of the kids who are losing their sight, but today we're focusing on the kids, so we're going to just you know dismiss all of the sort of coaching corner, the uh, tech tips, whatever. We're going to dismiss all that and just devote it to talking about children and sight loss today. But before we do, as always, if you want to go to today's show notes, you can do that at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 058. That's going to give you links, information, ways to subscribe and get connected. So hop on over to the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 058. So again, today we're talking about school-aged kids. I'm thinking of like, you know, young kids, elementary age kids, because we're talking about developmental stuff, how it affects them developmentally, the signs you can be looking out for, you know, that sort of thing. And so as we jump into things today, just bear in mind right off the bat that I'm not a medical professional. I'm not somebody who's gonna give you medical advice or anything like that. These are just some things to think about as we jump into this conversation. And so then you can take this information and move forward with it. I don't wanna make anybody panic. I don't wanna make anybody run to their eye doctor today and be like, oh, i kid's blind, just, you know. But you have to think about these things, especially if you're out there and you think your child is losing their sight. So today we're gonna to talk about some of the symptoms and signs of sight loss. We're going to talk about the way it might affect your child in sort of that young developmental age. And we're going to talk about what are some things you can do next if you feel like your child is losing their vision. So let's jump into this whole conversation about children and sight loss. Alright, first, let's talk about some of the things that children naturally need to have when they're in school like that. Some of the things they're developing, the tools, the skills to sort of cope with life in general, just, you know, some of the learning things they need, and... and you know, I mean, this is for everybody. This isn't sight related. This isn't, you know, hearing related. This isn't necessarily that. It's just things we have to learn. And visually, we learn them one way, but, you know, in other ways we can learn them differently. So first of all, we have to have recognition, recognition, you know, the ability to learn the difference between things like letters B and D. We have to recognize what things are. Now, obviously, visually, we do that by looking at it and saying, okay, that's a B, that's a D, that's a three, that's an E, you know, that sort of thing. We have this ability, to recognize, to see things and recognize what it is. Then we go from recognition to comprehension. Now, comprehension is that ability to sort of picture things in our minds and put it together to say, okay, I see the B, I see the D, I see the three, you know, I see all that. I recognize it. Yes, I know that's a B, but now recognition goes to comprehension, and then we're able to put the letters together and comprehend what it means. Okay, that's a B sound, and that at the beginning of, you know, the word bike or something like that, I know what that means. I'm able to comprehend. I'm able to understand it. Then we go into retention, and retention is the ability or you know the the possibility to remember and recall those kinds of things. So now, not only are we able to see it and recognize it, then we can comprehend it. And, okay, I know what that means. Then we're able to retain that information. So no longer do we have to say, okay, that's a B. What does a B sound like? Oh, it sounds like a, a sound. Okay, you know. Then we're able to put it into our memory, into our learning bank, and pull it back up. And that leads us to sort of you know compound on other things. So we know what a B says. We know what a K says. You know, we can put that all together, and then we start reading and learning and. Putting putting numbers and letters and all that stuff together. So that's some basic learning stuff. Now, this isn't getting into how your child learns. That's, you know, that's probably beyond the scope of this podcast. But those are some basic things that we have to have whenever we're learning in our early ages. We're able to recognize, to comprehend, to retain all that sort of information. Now, when your child is sighted, you know, everybody's learning the exact same way. They're looking at the board. The teacher writes down a letter. What's this? It's a B. What sound does it make? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all that sort of thing. But when they're having sight Problems that can cause them some issues. And, you know, it it causes different issues for different people. But I want to take just a second to talk about just a couple of things that can happen whenever your child is going through sight loss and they don't know it and you don't know it. And maybe the teacher doesn't even recognize it because they're going through sight loss and they're not, you know, misbehaving or anything like that. But they are going through something. So here's just a few things that they might be facing or might be happening whenever they're going through sight loss in a learning environment. First of all, they might avoid things like reading and close work, maybe math, pictures, things like that. They might avoid that if at all possible. And it might appear like they don't like to read or they don't understand or something like that, but it, it causes them issues, you know, and maybe it's like, I don't wanna do this, I'm having trouble with it. So they'll try to avoid that at all cost. And again, it's not because they don't like it, it's just that they're struggling with it. Now they might be avoiding it, but you know, they also might go ahead and try to attempt the work. But the problem is they've got a lower level of recognition and efficiency. Remember, we talked about recognition. They, if they're having sight loss issues, they're not able to recognize the information like all the other students. Now we know that, you know, people who have sight loss can recognize things, but they do it different ways. So the point, the problem here is all the kids are learning a certain way, at least for the most part. And so they're not able to recognize those things. So they might go ahead and try to do the work, but the recognition is lower then their comprehension their retention their efficiency is going to be lowered and that can cause them problems as well and finally they can experience fatigue discomfort you know maybe they have a shorter attention span not because they have a short attention span but they can't seem to pay attention because they can't lock into those kinds of things and so it can cause them problems in the classroom and at home because they're having sight loss and it's not because they're problem children or you know they're having some breakdown or whatever it's just because they're having sight loss and it can affect them in lots of different ways that's just a few things and a few ways that can affect them but they can affect them in lots of different ways and sometimes it doesn't get noticed they just get you know dubbed the problem child or the lazy child or the child who doesn't want to work or something like that and really it's because they're experiencing sight loss so if you are one of those parents right now going, I think my child might be having sight loss issues or you know, something like that, you might wonder, what are some signs, what are some things to look for If I think my child is having some sight loss issues, so let's just go through a few signs, a few symptoms, and again, I'm not a medical expert. Uh, I've got link uh, a link over to an article I pulled this from from the American uh, Optometric Association, and so these are just some of those symptoms. But definitely keep an eye out for these and other things like that. So let's just jump into just a few of the signs and symptoms of sight loss. First of all, you've got some physical things like frequent eye rubbing and blinking. You know, if they're constantly trying to do that or they're blinking a lot, it might. Be They're having dry eye. It might be something where they're trying to focus. Maybe they're having a little bit of pain depending on what's happening with their eyes. So that can be an issue that you want to watch out for. Another sign is covering one eye. Sometimes if children have one eye that's not working as well as the other, they will either close that eye or they will cover it up and not even realize what they're doing because they realize just by habit that if they close that one eye, they can see a little better. So they're like, oh, well, I'll just close that eye. And it just becomes sort of normal normal to them. So you want to keep an eye out if they're closing that eye. I know for me, I have one eye that's a little better and I naturally close the worse eye. I just do it out of habit now. And so you want to keep your eye out if your child's closing or covering one of their eyes. And keeping right along with that, if they are tilting their head to one side or the other. Sometimes a child will tilt their head because you know their sight is a little better on one side or the other and it just causes them to have that physical reaction. So you want to kind of keep an eye and see if while your child's doing homework or watching television or something, are they covering that eye and are they tilting their head to one side or the other? Another good sign is if they're holding their reading material really, really close. Or are they holding a tablet or a phone, something if they're playing with it really, really close. If they're bringing it up really close and it's getting closer all the time, that can be a sign of sight loss. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, don't look at the screen too close. You'll ruin your eyes. Well, maybe their eyes are already getting bad and they're just bringing it close to see it. So keep an eye on how close things like tablets, books, and reading material are getting to your child's face. Another thing is when they are reading, if they constantly lose their place in the reading. You know, it might be difficult, and and this could be learning disability as well, so you kind of want to be aware of this, but they could lose their place constantly because they're trying to focus on the word that they're reading, but they're also trying to, you know, when you jump ahead to the next line to kind of see where you're going, and they can't do that, so they're like, where was I? And they they lose that place a little bit. And again, this could be a learning disability, so you want to be careful here. You don't want to jump on the bandwagon and be like, they're blind, this is it, but you want to, you know, just be aware That if they constantly lose their place, that could be a sign. And finally, and another thing that could be a learning disability, possibly, but difficulty remembering what they read. You know, because they're taking in again that recognition to comprehension part is a little bit, you know, a little bit difficult for them. And so, I just want you to kind of be aware that if they're having difficulty remembering things, maybe they're reading okay, but they're having difficulty remembering things. That recognition to comprehension sort of pathway isn't quite working out for them. So, kind of be aware. With that as well. Now, I want everyone to be aware that these are just some of the signs and symptoms. First of all, there might be others. And secondly, just because you see some of these things doesn't automatically mean your child is going blind. Okay, I, I want to be clear on that. These are just things to look out for. Because I think a lot of times we assume that they're either, um, you know, having a learning disability or they're just a problem child or whatever. And this doesn't enter our mind. So at least have it on the table to talk about and to discuss that if you're seeing some of these things, you might think, wow, okay, well, maybe this is something we need to look into. And that brings us around to kind of, if you feel like your child's not adjusting properly or not learning as well as they should, or going through something like this, and you see some of these signs and symptoms, you might be wondering, well, what do I do next? So that's what we want to talk about. Just give you some ideas on the next steps you can take if you feel like your child is going through sight loss. (laughs) All right, so first of all, if you feel like your child's going through sight loss, obviously you want to get them a very good eye exam. All right, you want to get them a great eye exam because that will give you as much information as you can get about your child's physical eye condition. All right. So the, the thing you want to do is you want to start with an optometrist. Maybe you have an optometrist, a, a family doctor, somebody like that. Start with an optometrist. Get them a very general basic eye exam. Take them, walk them through things. You know, maybe your doctor's like, oh, yeah, they got 20-20 vision. They're good to go. Maybe your doctor's like, well, uh, you know, I see some things here. It's probably 20-40, whatever it might be. They'll test all that out. Now, even in that, sometimes optometrists aren't going to go real deep into things. They're not going to take a bunch of pictures of the eye or of the nerve and stuff like that. Some optometrists will, and you know, that's great. But that's where you want to start. Okay. You want to start with your optometrist. Now, if you feel like you want more done because you feel like, you know what, I just I see some of the things, you can move to a specialist. You can talk to your family doctor or your optometrist and see, can I get into an ophthalmologist? Because an ophthalmologist is going to give more detailed information information about your child's eye, the nerve, the retina, the rods, the cones, the whole picture there. And especially if you've got family history of any sort, you want to get into a specialist like an ophthalmologist and have them do some more testing. Now, Again, you don't want to go nuts and be like, oh, my child's having trouble seeing the board. I need an MRI and a CAT scan. All the, you, know, you don't want to freak your child out. But you do want to take the proper steps if you feel like there's some things going on. Because again, you're your child's advocate here. And if you feel like you know, you're checking off all these boxes, then hey, you want to go forward with it. Now, maybe your optometrist or the ophthalmologist has some information to give you like, hey, here's some warning signs, checklist of things to notice and stuff like that. But start with the optometrist and then move to a specialist if you feel the need to do so. Now, let's say the optometrist, the ophthalmologist, they're saying like, yeah, there's some issues going on. We're not exactly sure what it is, or we do know what it is, or whatever. You wanna do your own research on best ways, best practices to help your child. Because a lot of times we get so caught up in these things and we're like, what do we do? Oh my gosh, we either go crazy or we don't do anything, we shut down, whatever. You wanna do your basic research here. You know, listening to podcasts like this, you wanna go out and you'll find organizations. What are some great ways? Again, you don't wanna go all like crazy into it right off the bat because you want to make sure this is really what's going on and they're not just having sort of a floater in their eye or, you know, they're just not paying attention to class or whatever, or it could be a learning disability and that's a whole nother thing. So you want to make sure you know what's happening and you want to do your research on the best ways to help your child. Maybe it is some different training, some different organizations that can help with that, but you want to know and be your child's advocate in this situation. So do your best to do the research on the best ways to help your child. And finally, if it is sight loss, if it is something going on in their vision, physically, with their nerve, with their you know retina, whatever it is, if there's something going on and causing them to lose sight, you want to be as encouraging as possible with your kid. Now, I'm not suggesting you lie to them and be like, hey, there's no problem at all. Everything's gonna be fine. Yes, everything is gonna be fine, but obviously there are problems. And you wanna do that in an age-appropriate way, but you wanna be encouraging. You know, be honest, be Open, answer their questions as much as you can, but also be encouraging and let them know hey, we're going to do all we can. You know, you're not alone in this. We're going to find other people that can help with this, you know, that sort of thing. It's going to be okay, it's going to be hard but it's going to be okay. Being encouraging doesn't mean lying to them like, "Hey, sight loss is not a problem at all." Look, sight loss is a problem. It's it's no fun. It's not easy, but it doesn't mean that it's the end of the road. It doesn't mean that life is over. Yes, it's going to be difficult. There're going to be challenges, but if you can be as encouraging as possible, that will be so helpful. Again, Don't take it as lying to your kid and remember that you have to find your own help through this as well. And we've talked about that before and I'm sure we will again in the future, but find your own help and own encouragement in your life so that you can be a support and advocate for your child. And if they need someone to talk to, you know, get them for them as well. Maybe a mentor, a coach, uh, somebody who's important in their life. Allow them to share maybe that they, what they can't share with you as a parent. So be encouraging, be supportive, letting your child know that this is not the end of the line. So there are some of the things when it comes to children and sight loss. Now, there's no possible way I can cover every single thing in one podcast episode. Obviously, there are lots of other things going on. There is the issues with you know what happens as a parent, what do you do with the school, if they're in you know elementary school, something like that, how do you help them cope with different things, do they need to go to a special school, do, what do they need to There's all kinds of other things going on. This was just sort of an introduction, a conversation on, hey, if you think there's something going on. Here's the things it can affect in school. Here's some of the signs and symptoms to look out for. And here's just a couple of suggestions on what to do next. Again, this is sort of an overarching 30,000 feet kind of look at it. But I think it's important enough to talk about because, look, when adults have vision loss, it affects us in great ways. And I say great, not meaning like, woo, it's good. I mean like big and large ways. But when a child loses their sight, it affects them in just as big a way, maybe just differently because now they're entering into a developmental part of their life and learning and all that sort of thing. So it might be similar in the sense of how much it affects a kid, but it is different on the ways it affects a kid as well. So make sure that if you're a parent or you have somebody in your life like a niece or a nephew or... You know, something like that, a child that you're really close with. Make sure that you're keeping an eye out for that because it can affect them in lots of different ways. But the good news is, as we know here on the podcast and, you know, just in general, that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning of something else in our lives. So take this information and go forth with it, remembering that, hey, you need to talk to a medical professional. You need to talk to a counselor. You need to talk to the people that have this kind of stuff going on in their lives constantly so they can be a support to you hopefully this podcast was helpful and encouraging to you and you can take this information and run with it all right, guys. Well, finally, I want to just encourage all of you that if you've got a story about children and sight loss, I want to hear from you. Maybe your own child is losing their sight. Maybe you've had a kid grow up with sight loss, whatever that maybe you were a kid growing up and you know, you want to share how it affected you and and how your parents handled it and that sort of thing. I'd love to hear from you. You can do that a few different ways. First of all, you can email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K at lifeaftersightloss.com. You can tweet me at the Derek Daniel or you can send me a voicemail. The number to do that is 317-721-1027. Leave me that voicemail. I can feature it on the podcast, and we can continue that discussion. But I love hearing from all of you guys, and it helps keep the conversation going. So let me know. Email, tweet, voicemail, whatever it is. I want to hear from you, and I look forward to hearing from all of you very soon. All right, guys, well, that is going to bring us right around to the last lap of the podcast. Hey, I want to thank you for listening, and I want to remind you that if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, I would love for you to do that. You can do that over at the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 058. There are buttons right under the player for Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. You can subscribe on Android. I would love for you to subscribe so you don't miss another single episode. And while you're out there on the World Wide Web, I'd love for you to give a rating and review of the podcast. You could do that in iTunes and Stitcher, I believe. So if you would leave a rating and review, I'd be so grateful. And it helps other people know what they're getting into when they find the podcast and decide to click that play button. And hey, as I said earlier, I'd love to hear from all of you guys. You can use the information I provided earlier, or you can just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact, and that'll give you all the contact information, social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that sort of thing. And so I'd love for you to hop on over there and check out all the ways to get in touch with me. I love hearing from each and every one of you. It's such an awesome thing. I'm going to start featuring some of those on the podcast, whether it's email, Facebook messages, whatever it is. So if you want to be featured, make sure to let, let me know. Or if you don't, definitely don't want to be featured. Let me know in your messages as well. I love hearing from all of you and I can't wait to share some of your stories on the podcast because that will encourage us all that we're not alone in this journey of sight loss. And finally, guys, as always, remember that all the information provided in today's podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name's Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.